Welcome to the Blind Justice Podcast, where you discover the insider secrets of injury and accident cases, and all of your law questions get answered. Now, here's your host, Chicago injury lawyer, Scott DeSalvo. Hey guys, Scott DeSalvo here, doing another exciting injury law podcast <gasps> with uh, the dynamic and melancholy, melancholy. Ooh. Yeah. You're not really melancholy. Someone just told me the exact definition of melancholy, and it's knowing th- what happened in the past happened and expecting it in the future, but being okay with it. Yeah, I'm going to have to look that up. That was a lot of words. Yeah. I, I lost, like... <laughs> I lost you. That yeah. <laughs> yeah, after, like, the third world. <laughs> after the third word, I was like, mm. uh, damn. Nah. Doesn't it mean you're sad? Like a realist? <laughs> like you're a realist about I'm going to look it up now. Melancholy is like one of those words that you barely hear anymore, right? Yeah, I don't hear that in a sentence a It lot. might be good, though. Like, here's right? your melancholy coffee. Like, right. what? Would you like broccoli, cauliflower, or buttered melancholy? <laughs> it's my favorite vegetable. You mean coconut oil melancholy? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, and... We never got around to introducing my amazing co-host, oh, yes. Amelia Frinifrock. Yes, thank you very much. So um, we're doing the mailbag still, folks. <gasps> yeah. So we got a um, another topic here. If you guys have a question you'd like to answer, give my office a call. You know the number. I'm not going to repeat it. All right, I will. 312-895-0545, extension 5. Talk to Jessica. Let her know you have a question you want answered on the podcast, mm-hmm. or you can just email me at scott at desalvolaw.com. We should have a snap, a snap page, a snap, snap story, page. like a Snapchat for this podcast. Maybe we, we should. I don't know. Where we like have a story and it's live and people can snap us back. What sort of technology do you think we have here? Like <laughs> we are purely on 1991 technology in this room right now. Um, uh. Well, we're a little bit better than that. But no, it's a great suggestion. If I knew how to do it, I might do it. (laughs) Great. Now I have some, I have more work to do over the weekend. Great. Awesome. Nice job. I'll handle it. (laughs) So, uh, what is our synopsis? So, the way it works is we do a little synopsis so we know, so you understand what we're going to be talking about. And then we have Amelia do the full letter. So, what is the synopsis of the topic? I got hurt in a trip and fall accident. I tripped and fell outside a store, and my first lawyer dropped the case. I do not think he had. He did anything, and he had the case for almost an entire year. Should I bother even talking to another lawyer? Yeah, this is like two topics in one. It's like, it is. It's did my lawyer hurt my case or right. do what he was supposed to do? And Whole then year, also like a trip and fall, which are always kind of complicated cases. Yeah. So this might be sort of an interesting one. It's it's I'll be frank it's hard for me to throw other lawyers under the bus cuz this is not an easy job. There are a lot of moving parts and it there's a lot of pressure on you when you get out of law school and become a lawyer to make a living, right? Sure. People assume that you're uh you're doing injury law it means you're a multimillionaire, you're yeah. you know it all. Right. And you own a yacht. A you yacht. own two yachts. That was my impression of lawyers like you know, they all own a boat of some True some story. Kind. I worked at a boat shop <laughs> when I was in high school. And I started out working with this uh, Japanese-Hawaiian man who did um, 
fiberglass repair. Cool. And it was like my first job. I was like 13 or 14. And I was basically cleaning up fiberglass for my first job doing, you know, work on boats. Miserable job. So it was like it started as a summer job. It was hot as Hades, super humid. And here I am like sweeping up and wiping up fiberglass dust, which when it gets on your skin is so itchy. It's like a miserable that first can't job. Be good for you. <laughs> and when I saw how much money boat repairs cost and boat propeller repairs and boat engines, I'm like, wow, I should become a person who charges boat owners money somehow. Yeah. I honestly I don't know if I'll ever own a boat. Maybe I will eventually, but good gravy i mean first of all boats are expensive as heck they are docking them are super crazy expensive for real and then if anything goes wrong with them yeah super expensive so expensive but you do get to say that you have a boat i feel like that's a big turn on like i have a boat and you're like what (laughs) you have a boat so the question is why would i want to have anything to do with a woman who liked me because i had a boat touche that's true. That's all I'm saying. Also, it'd be fun, and you. Could it sleep is on fun a on a boat. It, you it, it is fun. If Armageddon happened, you could be like, "Bye." That's true. I'm gonna sail off on the good ship lollipop. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, that's true. Being on a boat is fun. Super fun. <laughs> I don't even know. And on how that we, note, <laughs> no. Was this was this topic about boat accidents? Yeah. Is that actually that's a great yeah. idea? Have you ever had a boat? Accident case? Um, no. An injury, injury case on a No, boat? but a young attorney called me a couple of weeks ago to ask me about maritime law. Oh. And I thought it was about people getting married. It turns out it's... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's I answered funny. a simple question he had, and then I referred him to one of my friends who uh, has experience doing maritime law. Because I guess it's like it's its own thing. Yeah, out in the sea, the rules change. They do. You could be a pirate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That could happen. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So this is like the intersection of slip and fall, trip and fall cases and whether her lawyer screwed up. So why don't you read the whole letter and we'll get a better idea. I will. Thank you, young lady. You're welcome. Dear Mr. DeSalvo, as I fell as I was walking out of the parking lot and I tripped and fell because the height difference between the sidewalk and the parking lot was about two to three inches. I was going in my purse to put away my keys and found and to find my shopping list. I broke my arm and needed surgery and I was off work for three months. This really messed me up financially and now my doctor is saying my hand isn't going to work right anymore and I might need another surgery. The first injury lawyer I hired told me it was a hard case and then after almost a year sent me a letter withdrawing from the case. I asked for my file. He gave me 12 pages, not even copies of my medical records or anything. I know it's a hard case, but is an injury lawyer allowed to just drop a case like that? Should I try to find another injury lawyer? Oh, this is a this is a lot of questions. Yeah, this is actually kind of complicated, yeah, right? So complicated. I do agree that there's no such thing as an easy fall-down case. They're all way more complicated than people right. think. And then in this one, if if she's it doesn't say that it's a city sidewalk or whether it's a private sidewalk. I and obviously I'm not looking at pictures, but if there's a a three-inch height difference between a parking lot and a sidewalk, that's – if you own that property and you know people walk there, that's a bit of a problem, right? Yes. But that's not the end of the analysis. Right. So 
One thing I would be concerned about is, you know, against the city of Chicago, you have one year to file a lawsuit. So if her claim is partially that the parking lot owner is at fault, but also the sidewalk was defective, she's got to get a case on on file against the city within a year. Yeah. And it sounds like it, we're either right at the deadline. So that's the first thing that jumped out at me. The The other thing that jumped out at me is that you know, most lawyers are willing to take an injury case, but very few do injury cases for injured people enough or frequently enough to get really good at it. So I know insurance, I, personally, I know a couple of insurance defense lawyers who, you know, one of them lost his job at the defense firm and then tried to open up his own firm where he represented injured people. And he, after a couple of years, gave up in frustration. He tried to try a couple of the cases and he just got frustrated because he wasn't used to dealing with normal people with normal concerns. He was used to dealing, you know, with an insurance adjuster. Sure. Right. And it's way easier to defend these cases than it is to prove them. So, Interesting. you know, yeah, I mean, handling injury cases looks easy, but it's actually hard. And injury cases have a lot of their own rules and ins and outs. So it's possible that this lady's first lawyer is like a neighborhood divorce lawyer or a real estate lawyer who was hoping he would be able to sign the case and just collect money quickly and earn a quick fee for him. And then when it got complicated, he just wanted out of it, right? Yeah. So who knows? Or maybe he's an injury lawyer and maybe he knows something that we don't know about the facts of the case, right? So um, I, I do know for a fact that there's a ton of guys out there who don't really have that much experience with injury law who try to sign up these cases and, and collect on them and that's why I always say get a second opinion, right? If you you hire the neighborhood guy, um, he may not really be – he may be turning down your case for reasons that are legitimate or he may just be turning down your case because he's out of his league or out of his element, right? Doesn't that say a lot about the lawyer though? Uh, you know, I feel like that's – I would rather have someone say from the get-go, hey, this is – this is like I'm not. I can't handle this. But let me direct you to somebody who can. Because dropping a case a year in looks really bad. Right. And maybe it's there are some legitimate reasons we don't know. Yeah. But it sounds like that's just a, that's a professional. Like that's a that's not very. I wouldn't be happy either. I would. Yeah. So. I'd be upset. So when I drop, I mean, there have been cases I've taken, and then I've dropped. Right. But it's I drop them because I investigate them. And then I advise the the client exactly why we're dropping it. Right. And I, it's usually a telephone call before I send them a letter. Sure. So where I explain it to them, right? right? If it's super complicated, what I do is I write them a detailed letter explaining the details. Right. And then we have a telephone conversation. Sure. So it you know it's when you first get a case, you have no idea what the details are, and the details here are basically what the case is about. Right. right. So, so we don't know the whole story. No, for sure. For sure. But the other thing is, you know, you always have to get a second opinion just because, you know, even assuming that the lawyer, her first lawyer that she talked to is an experienced person who does a lot of these kinds of cases. I've said it before, like a lot of a, a lot of this is art, right? Mm-hmm. I may see something in a case that another lawyer says, eh, not worth our time. It's not, it's not possible to prove. I may look at the same facts and say, I can do something with this mm-hmm. and vice versa. I mean, 
it's entirely possible I'll look at a case and say, uh, I think you have a problem because X, Y, Z. It's entirely possible another lawyer looks at it and has a different opinion sure. or a different perspective. Right. Obviously, I trust my perspective because I've been doing this for 20 years. Right. So, um, But people should get a second opinion. I, I would never tell an injured person to not get a second opinion right. in an injury case. Yeah. Now, this lady uh, definitely has a serious, serious injury. I mean, I think yeah. she said... She broke her arm or something like that. Yeah. And her doctor's saying she's going to have some functional deficit and she lost time from work. The thing is, a, a, a case where a person sustains a serious person, a serious permanent injury sure. in an injury case, those are the kinds of things that can be worth a lot of money, right? Yeah. So if you go to trial and you ring the bell on that case, look, man, if, depending on how bad her injury is, could it be a million-dollar case? Possibly. Could it it's be lifelong damage? Right. Could it be a half a million dollar case? Sure, that's possible, right? So insurance companies settle cases when they're scared, when they're afraid of what might happen in front of a judge and jury. Mm. And anytime you have a serious permanent injury, that scares insurance companies because that means the potential for dollars, right? And so it also means that an attorney is going to be more willing to advance case costs. And hire experts because the lawyer says, look, this case might be a big hitter. Right. It makes sense to invest money in the case, right? So in this lady's case, it sounds like on liability, it might be a tough case. But I would absolutely encourage her to talk to a lawyer and maybe see what, you know, see what she can do about getting representation. I wouldn't let it go. Scott DeSalvo. Well, of course, we're available here. But yeah. people should feel free to call anyone whose last name begins with a D. And ends name. with a O. o. <laughs> and first initial begins with do, a Do. That's what, that's what you do. You do. D-O. DeSalvo. Or D. Too the much of, your name. Uh, look, o I appreciate your enthusiasm, end. but this is by far too much of a reach. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, it. people at this point realize I'm available for them to call me. Um, the The last thing that I think I should make clear. I mean, I don't want to say I'm criticizing this person. No. We don't really have enough information. And I think it's surprising for people without experience in this kind of thing to realize that the lawyer can look at the case and for any reason drop it and get out of it, right? right. And I, there's – I mean, I was – I had a mis – there was miscommunication because when I looked at this, I, I thought too, like, oh – Dropping a case is the lawyer's fault, but after you explained it, that's not always the case. It's just some you find things. You right. Find. It it might be a really good reason why the lawyer. Right. But I, I, you know, I've seen drop letters from other law firms where it's like a three sentence letter, <gasps> really? and it doesn't give any Ooh. explanation. Right. That's not good. People come into me with with the document from the old lawyer, and I'm like, wow, that's not a nice letter. Yeah. The the one thing I'll I'll add uh, before we wrap it up here is that. You know, a lawyer can't just hang on to your case and then drop the case right before the statute of limitations or deadline, right? right? So if a lawyer's dropping a case like a week before the statute of limitations, they are in troubled ethical waters, right? You can't just leave a client high and dry. Right. You can't just tell a client like, yeah, um, your deadline is next week. Adios, muchacho. Good luck. Right. I mean, you have to let them have an opportunity to file a lawsuit themselves. Right. 
um, hire another lawyer who maybe would file a lawsuit for right. him, right? So I don't know. In this case, we don't know exactly what, when the other lawyer dropped it relative to the statute against the city right? or whether the city's even a target, right? But um, what we do know is lawyers are allowed to drop a case for any reason, but they can't do it in a way that puts the client in a jam, right? So um, it sounds terrible. I hate to hear of people being seriously injured like that in a fact scenario where whether they're going to be compensated is really up in the air. It sounds like this is a nice lady. Sure. um, But I would encourage her definitely to call a lawyer and talk to a lawyer. Yep. Totally free. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um. I think that's all I had to say about it. Have you anything to add, young Finifra? Oh, yes. Uh, well, I've learned a lot. Uh, yeah. Um, God, what do I have to add? Fourth um, of July. Making it happen. It's coming up. It's exciting. Exciting. I've decided I'm just going to start cars on fire in lieu of firecrackers. What do you think about that? Um, uh, as a friend or as your co-host? <laughs> as your co-host, I'd say, yeah. As yeah. your friend, I'd be like, listen, I'm going to evaluate some I'm going to take my own legal advice and not do that. There you go. And furthermore, I agree with you. If I did do that, it would make the podcast much more exciting. Yeah, like a live stream of you setting a car on fire. Also that. Or in jail. Yeah. That would go viral. In the locker. Like, I can already see the clickbaity article, like, injury lawyer sets car on fire live stream, and you won't believe what happens next. Dot, dot, dot. These three things are... <laughs> Clickbait on the internet. Yep. Thanks for listening, folks. I hope uh, the information we give you on this podcast, like the whole goal of the podcast is to give people great information, mm-hmm. answer some of the common questions we get. If you need a lawyer, you know anybody who needs a lawyer, even if you just have a question, please feel free to give my office a call. And uh, Finifrock, you got a gig or anything coming up you want to promote? Uh, yeah, so I just did a... Um uh, reading for um, the improv show that I'm in. We're going to have more uh, more dates coming up, so I'll keep you all posted. Yeah, awesome. When you get yeah. dates set, announce them, and maybe we'll get some fans for you. Let's do it. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for listening, folks. Have a great one, and we'll catch you next time. Catch you then. Bye. Thanks for listening. I truly hope that the information in the podcast helps you no matter the situation you find yourself in. But you might need more answers or some more direct help. So there are three ways for you easily to find out more and to get help. If you call my toll-free 24-hour helpline, 888-HURT-318, you'll have a couple of options. 888-HURT-318 is my toll-free 24-hour telephone line. You can call that number and speak with my team night or day. First, you can call 888-HURT-318, and you can speak to me for a free consultation about your case or situation. That's always free and no obligation. Second, you can tell the operator that you'd like a free copy of my injury DVD and book. I created the DVD and book, and I give it away for free to injured people who need answers but who might not be ready to talk to a lawyer yet. Same deal, 100% free, 100% no obligation. Third and finally, you can check out my YouTube channel for informative videos about the injury case and claims process, or check out my other podcasts for more information and interesting interviews with people who know different things about various aspects of the law. I've put all of this together to help you and to answer your questions. Now, you can also help me, and I hope that you will.
If you enjoyed the podcast and if it helped you at all, please subscribe. And if you can, take a minute and please post a positive review of the show. If you're listening to the podcast on YouTube, like the video and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And if you know anyone who might enjoy the podcast, please spread the word and share it on Facebook. It's my mission to spread good information to as many people as possible. And your liking and reviewing and subscribing to the podcast helps me get the word out. Thanks again. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. It doesn't substitute for consulting with a lawyer. If you have a case, speak with a lawyer right away.